Hey, expats and travelers, welcome to this week's episode sponsored by WorldPost.io, the virtual mailbox service powered by Anytime Mailbox. We'll get to the features and benefits a little later. If you're interested in becoming an expat, whether you're moving to Portugal or another overseas location, I highly recommend you get your finances in order before you move. Yes, it's actually really important that you do it before you go. I know when we first got started, we did not do it that way. But if we knew John McNertney at Green Ocean Global, we would have gone to him as he's someone that is Lisbon-based and he is experienced with expat financial challenges. So he's a go-to person that we recommend. Right, he can help you with long-term investments, financial systems, and international taxes. And he's actually helped us and producer Dan has used him to explore what it would be like to move abroad and see if it would fit his family's current financial situation. I think what's great about him is that he gives you personalized plans. He will look into your unique situation and he'll help you out. And this is honestly what's super necessary because we get tax questions and finance questions on the YouTube channel and literally no background from the person that's asking us the question. So now we've started to point people to John. Right, because everyone is different and everyone has their own unique situation. So you need an expert to help you out. All right, so visit greenoceanglobal.net for contact information and further assistance. Check out the show notes below. Hello, and welcome, my emerging expat. You're tuned in to Let's Move to Portugal. I'm producer Dan, and I have the distinct honor of bringing you YouTube travelers and our resident Portugal experts, expats everywhere's Josh and Kaylee. Each week, they'll inspire, they'll educate, and they'll accompany you on your journey to Portuguese residency. This week on Let's Move to Portugal, Josh and Kaylee venture beyond Spain's borders to explore the surprises of Andorra's capital. From weighing pros and cons to indulging in delightful meals, join them as they pop up into the Pyrenees. Hey, expats and travelers alike, I am Josh. And I'm Kaylee. And we are still on our road trip of Spain. And this is a really exciting episode because we get to talk about Andorra. Which is not Spain. It, it is, is not a new Spain. country. But uh, we want to do a little bit of a, of a bonus episode here to talk about Andorra because there's just not much known about Andorra. Yeah, and not only that, we were debating on whether we include this because this is you know, a Spain road trip. And we thought, you know what, let's just, uh, let's see what we see and and it. let you know about it. Yeah. But I'm really excited because Andorra was something else. It is unique, definitely. Kind of wedged between France and Spain, but has its own culture. Not kind of wedged. It is, is wedged. wedged. <laughs> okay. Is wedged. Uh, but yeah, it has its own culture and it is interesting. I think um, for the capital... Josh and I kind of joked it felt a little bit of a mix of <laughs> Monaco and Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which uh, I think is now called Jackson, maybe. Yeah. But the re and I they know want, that's really to get that weird. Hole out of there. I know. What why we said that though is because it's got like the shopping mile and it's got people go there to shop because um, the sales tax and such is like really low or non-existent. So prices are really good. So especially on things like electronics and um, liquor and that stuff. Liquor. 
And cigarettes. A lot of people were buying cigarettes. Yes. Um, so you have like this shopping perfumes. culture. Yes, perfumes. Shopping culture of like Monaco, not as uppity, I would say. But no. then you're also in this valley because it's a ski area too. Yeah. Obviously, we're here, you know, in the summer, but it's a ski area. So you get a lot of like uh, the mountains uh, are, you know, you're surrounded by mountains. And then I feel like ski towns always have this look of like stone and wood and yes. maybe some glass, you know. Um, yes. So you have the look of what we would say like Jackson Hole or a type of like ski town or city, right? Yeah, definitely. So it's kind of like it, those two places colliding. Yeah, and those maybe from Tennessee, think uh, like Pigeon Forge. Oh yeah, you were saying it's something like, like that, like a European yeah, uh, European form. version of yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, it's not quite as as kitschy and outrageous, um, but it it does have a little bit of that feel. But definitely, like you you feel like you're in a bowl of mountains and and green trees and. It's very interesting, but it's a beautiful it, but it's, setting. But it's this weird feeling, like you you feel the the land up around you. Yeah, like you feel not closed in in a bad way, like claustrophobic. But it's just I don't know. It's this this feeling that you have. But then they've got high buildings, so I think that like with the uh, high buildings and then the mountains like in the background is like the backdrop. It looks really pretty. It so does. that's in the capital too. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you can get up higher. So the capital is Andorra La Vella, right? That's how you say it, I think. Uh, we're, we're guessing that double L is a Y sound. Because the official might... language is Catalan, Catalan. Yeah. which is different than Spanish. Um, yes. But actually very different. The language thing, we'll get to that in a second because there are all sorts of languages. Um, so that's in the capital. But then you can, uh, you know, drive around and get up a little higher and there's yeah. little towns and, and stuff around. And they're cute. Yeah, so they are cute. I think what makes most sense for this episode is to go through pros and cons. I think I think there's a lot to talk about pros and cons to Andorra. How do you feel about that? That's fine. Do we want to give a little background about like the size of Andorra and stuff and languages or or I well, mean we sure, are doing sure. a, we are doing a city guide on this one as well for expats everywhere explorers. Yes. So and that I think that there's gonna that. be quite a bit of information crossover between this episode here and that video. Um, but yeah, you'll be able to You'll be able to see things as opposed to just hear about them. Right. The yes. population is very, very low in Andorra. We're talking about less than 80,000 people. Yeah, in the whole country. Yes. And it's in like 20-something, right? Yeah, 20 in the or... capital, it's it's 20,000-something. Um, like Kaylee said, the official language is Catalan, but a lot of people speak Castilian Spanish or just you know Spanish Spanish. Spain Spanish is what some people call yeah. Castilian Spanish. Uh, and then there's French, but there are people that speak Portuguese because there's a high, in terms of proportionality, there's a high amount of Portuguese, uh, expats that are living in Andorra. And I think it's like 6,000, something like that. Okay. So, but I mean, 6,000 out of 80,000, that's, that's quite high. Fairly high. Yeah. And then also there's English, but we'll get to the, the English <laughs> level. Uh, are those the demographics that you want to speak about? And then now we can do pros and cons. Yeah. But cool. the English English level, I would say this. One thing we did notice is when people, when you ask people if they speak English and they say a little, it really is a, it little. Is a little. It's not like when a Portuguese person says a little and then like you're like, well, your English is better than my Portuguese. Like yes. that's how good your English is. So when a Portuguese person says a little, generally it's pretty good. They're just being maybe shy or humble. I don't know. But yes. when someone in Andorra says a little, it really is a little. Yeah, basically, so. as soon as they said that, I would just be like, all right, let's do this I in Spanish. Try to do Spanish. Let's go. 
Mine was always a mix of Spanish and Portuguese. Still doing that, but it worked. <laughs> it did. Okay. Right. Pros and cons. Pros and cons. What are some pros that you have about Pandora? You know, pricing seemed really reasonable. Super like, reasonable. So cost of living is probably really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, they've got duty-free shops and, and everything because of how they've set up the country. So I think it's like 80% of uh, their GDP is run on tourism. So you get a lot of tourists. And so they play into that, you know, the the good pricing of things. So, uh, and just looking at um, housing, housing seems super reasonable. You get some, like, sure, like some luxury places, but it seemed really reasonable. So I think overall, a, a big pro would be that prices are, are, are good. Cost of living could be really good. Okay, so that's that's where you're going with that, cost of living. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Cost okay. of living or even for tourism as well. But like yeah. price, pricing seems good. Yeah. Well, you know, piggybacking off of that saying or tourism, I think I think we do see that people from Spain, especially like around uh, Barcelona, Catalonia, that that region uh, will come into Andorra. See, is in the back playing. Uh, will come into Andorra and they will do their shopping, do like some some bigger shopping there. And then also people from France will cross the border and do some shopping. Gas prices were cheaper than um, our drive in uh, through Spain. So there's that as well. So I think people might fill up right before they leave. Uh, we did not, but uh, we already had a decent amount of gas. Yeah, in the last episode, we were running really low on gas. So <laughs> driving yeah. into Andorra, we had to fill up anyway. Yeah, we did. We couldn't make it. I didn't want to risk it. No. The thing was beeping at so me. So the prices are are really good. I really liked how walkable the city is in terms of being able to walk around to all the amenities that you would need for living. I mean, for sure, tourism, but also for living. Like everything is more or less in a 15-minute radius of, of the city center where you might be staying. So that to me was a, a huge plus because if you think about like, a city that has 20,000 people in the States, that would generally be a place that's quite spread out, right? Yeah. But here, it's pretty densely packed, at least in La Vella. Uh, so I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. That's a good pro. I got another pro. Tell me. Uh, the cuisine options were outstanding. Yes. Yes. You could find yes. all sorts of cuisines. Maybe not everything. Yeah. Uh, or maybe we not just didn't all, come not across. Not great either. That Thai food. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mm. But they do have options there, they which do. is really nice. I did like that. Agreed. Yes. We, we did catch a couple uh, Asian restaurants. Actually, yesterday's dinner was probably the most surprising so on the map, I saw that there was a place called Midtown, and I, I saw it was tagged as being American cuisine. And I was curious about that. Yeah, like, what, what does are, that mean? <laughs> what are, like, what are, what are we talking about when we say American cuisine? And um, Kaylee and I decided to walk that area because it was actually a, a street that we hadn't been down yet, which was a surprise to us. Not that we hadn't been down there, but the actual street itself was a surprise. Because it veers off of the main kind of tourist streets. And it was the first time walking around that we felt like we were not tourists. And it felt like a very livable street that you would find in, uh, you know, a city in Portugal or a city in Spain outside of the tourist center. But it wasn't far away from the tourist center. No, nothing, nothing is. is. Yeah. 
But it felt more local. You could see a lot of locals out there. Yeah, definitely. And I assumed that like rents would be cheaper there. Well, we get into the restaurant and we see that it's basically New York City themed. Right? Yeah. There's a, like a big mural. Statue of or, Liberty. Or, or, and or I don't even know what you call it. Picture. Wallpaper picture of the Statue of Liberty. And they have for the, the time between lunch and dinner which a lot of places in Andorra close for that time period, like close, close. And don't open till like 7, so that's oh, something good to know. not even 7, like 7.30, 8, eight yeah. some places 8.30. It's so crazy. So 3 to 7 being, yeah, Three to 7 to is, is you're, you're safe to say that things will not be open. Like that would that should be the assumption. Yeah, so I mean like bars hunt. and stuff will, so yeah, you get but, like snacky But you're going like to have to hunt for like or. a meal. Um, at between three and seven. But like I said, I think a lot of the restaurants I was seeing opened up at eight or eight thirty. Okay. So we arrived there at six. Yeah. I think. And I think that their dinner, their proper dinner started at either seven or seven thirty. Either way, we weren't there during their time where they had like hamburgers, hot sandwiches, dogs. hot dogs, <laughs> American food, yeah. American cuisine. But they did have um bagels and pancakes and like french toast french and stuff toast. so more maybe like brunchy stuff you could say yes big yawn in the back yeah so we we decided hey this is good enough see it was hungry at that point we were starting to get hungry as well and the options were good for that stuff and then you know we we didn't see drink prices so we both get a drink i get a beer kaylee gets uh, a liqueur, a liqueur. Like, yeah, yeah. So we weren't sure about the prices, but we started to add up the cost of what our meals were. And each of our meals were six, six euros. euros. Yeah, each meal was six. So it's like, how expensive could the drinks be? Anyways, long story short, I go up to pay the bill and it was just a total of 23. So my beer was three, totally reasonable. Kaylee's liqueur was two. Which is good. Which honestly is, is I think, the accurate price because a bottle of the thing is is... 16 euros yeah so it's not an expensive we have, uh liqueur we unfortunately couldn't buy it because we don't check bags when we fly so yeah. it was either that we can get it back in we port, can get it we can get it port port it's just a little so. more expensive okay so awesome 23 was the cheapest meal for all three of us to eat out and it was good it was good i and had it was, a and bagel it was, it was foreign food as well like normally yeah. you, you pay extra for foreign foods like that you would go to a brunch place and pay uh, 10 to 12 for a stack of pancakes, I think, in, in most European cities, right? Yeah. All right. So food, I mean, good options. Maybe it's hit or miss on how good they are because we did do that. It's like that everywhere. Street though. food, like Thai street food. And it smelled really good in there. So <laughs> I think we had really high hopes for that one. Yeah. But I think it was lacking in some seasoning, right? Herbs and seasonings and stuff, but still, no problem. Food was good. That was a pro of mine. Do you have any, any other pros, or are we? Switching yeah, I was going to say with with the food as well. We did do an, a traditional um, like Andorran restaurant, which I think kind of leans more towards Spanish, Catalan type of food. So you're talking about meats and like cured meats and cheeses, uh, and that was that was fine, right? Yeah, that was that was good. So. Uh, I just wanted to throw that out there that we did actually try some Andorran Andorra food. But I think and, one of the things you saw for Andorran mm. food was snails, right? Yeah. Snails, which we've done that. I'm not, I do not like snails. Yeah. So <laughs> I had them before. 
didn't want to try that. But some of the cheeses and stuff, that those were some things that we tried, which is always a good option, right? A good cheese board. Oh, you know sure. what? We At that restaurant, something that I really liked is they had a truffle cheese. I know that Josh is not really big in truffle, but I like truffle. Yeah. And that truffle cheese was good. It was very truffly. I know. It was amazing. <laughs> I had the truffle taste in my mouth uh, the rest of the evening, which was lovely. Okay. So another pro that I've got is I like how small the country is and being able to get around, like drive around, you do hit pockets where there are other towns and they seem to be like pretty interesting. Like yeah, they're it, cute. It, it could be fun to explore the, that country a little more. Yeah. Like you wouldn't just have to go to the, um, the, the capital and stay there as a tourist or, or even a, I guess an expat. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I think that, Living. yeah, the little towns look very cute and they looked, uh, they weren't sleepy or dead or anything. They had restaurants, um, coffee shops, playgrounds. So there were, there were a lot of things going on in these smaller towns too. So yeah. that would be cute. So, it, so yeah, like the, the pro, I guess I, I, I want to say is, and I did not articulate it well, the infrastructure is very good in Andorra. Like, I find the infrastructure good. The, the construction seems to be sound. Don't love the roads, like, in terms of, of the way it's laid out and cramped. Oh, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> but, like, cleanliness on the streets. Yes, very clean. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. And I think um, another pro would be for people who like outdoors. Um, It's really good with nature, outdoor stuff, and especially those who like to ski or snowboard. They do that really well in the winter. Josh and I aren't much of skiers. No. But for those who like that, uh, this is a really good place. And, I, I, you know, I assume it's maybe more affordable than some other places you'd find, like in Switzerland or something, um, to do, like, the the ski resorts. I would imagine. Yeah, I would think so. But for those who like... Uh, outdoor stuff. It's a good place. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, the other pro I've got is that the, uh, the people seem to be pretty nice. I wouldn't say that they're warm because I think that there is a, a bit of like confusion about what language to use with people. I think that there's a little bit of a, a choke with that. Uh, but also the cops are nice. <laughs> Firsthand experience with that. Yeah. WorldPost.io is powered by Anytime Mailbox, which means you can get your mail anytime, anywhere, even on your smartphone. And they really have competitive pricing with their lowest package starting at $5 per month. Here's a cool feature they have. WorldPost can relay things from the U.S. to Europe. So that includes documents. (laughs) Amazon purchases. Amazon purchases. (laughs) And you can get it to Portugal. And they have a variety of packages. Some include secure shredding, free junk mail filters, and things like that. I bet you love that junk mail filter. Oh, lots of junk mail. I sign up for a lot of newsletters. (laughs) She's not joking. So if you're interested in worldpost.io, you can visit the website or check the link in the show notes below. Okay, let's talk about Lusitana Dreams because what they're offering is really great. Yeah, it definitely is. And Dallas actually has grown Lusitano Dream since we first met him. So he's really getting his process dialed in. The thing that I like about it is it removes the barrier and and choke point of the proof of accommodation. Because that's been one of the biggest things that the D7 and the D8 for the the long-term people have had problems with, right? 
Yeah, it's definitely something that is really hard to lock yourself into sight unseen. But here you can have a legitimate contract. You can rest assured that it's going to be a soft landing because you're coming into a furnished place in a good location and a livable location until you can kind of get your bearings and figure out where you really want to live. And the cool thing about it is that they can start your lease when you arrive. So you're not like burning a few months of, of cash essentially paying for an apartment or paying for a lease that you're not using. Yeah, that's one that's really hard to negotiate, trying to get a lease that starts when you want to arrive and not when you are actually applying. So the fact that they offer that as a service to where you're not, like you said, burning those months saves you a lot of money. Yep, Lusitano Dreams offers visa-friendly proof of accommodation. So that could be for the D7 visa or the D8 visa. And their properties include detached houses, apartments, room rentals as well in different locations like Lisbon, Cascais, Lule, and they're expanding too. So uh, soon to be Porto and quite possibly Silver Coast. Yeah, which is really exciting. So check out Lusitano Dreams for more information. We have a link in the show notes below. Okay, so I guess that would be a good transition point to talk a little bit about the cons. So we have firsthand experience because the roads are really crazy. In, they're bad. In Not the bad, capital for sure. But, but I mean, very confusing. They're narrow. Um, there's crazy drivers, I think, because a lot of people aren't from there, so they don't really know the roads well. And all that being said, we're in a roundabout and a car hit us. Yes. His fault. <laughs> yes. He, so, tri- he tried to say it was our fault, but it was definitely Ridiculous that he would say it was his fault. We were trying to exit and he was... You mean our fault. Oh, it was his fault. It was his fault. Ridiculous that he was trying to say that it was our fault. Um, we were ex- trying to exit and he rammed us. And bounced listen, right off of us, actually. No, yeah, nobody was hurt. <laughs> no. it, the the car is a little bit damaged. We don't know what the rental uh, car company is going to say. Mm-hmm. But all that to say, we had to pull off the side of the road and uh, and get a police report. And one cop showed up. Uh, he only really spoke Catalan or and, and Castilian Spanish. Um, and the driver was a Spanish speaker. Um, he was from Spain. Yeah, but but they had another guy called in that could speak English and do some translation. But like everybody was cool. I actually thought that the the police officers handled the situation really well. Because we could have gotten into an arguing match with the Spanish guy and, like, who was at fault. And they were just like, nope, this is what we're doing. We're just going to write up the report. And look at the camera. look at the camera. So they have cameras everywhere. So I think uh, my assumption is since we have the police report, they go back and look at the camera. And then they determine who was at, who fault. Was at fault. And that goes in the system. So and when the insurance companies come knocking, they have that information. Because they don't, on the report, they didn't put anything any, about anyone at fault or anything. Yeah. Um, and each driver could put, like, their take on it. Um, but... And that's what we did. And then, yeah. So, yeah, the con in all this is that the roads are, are not Crazy. great. But I will say this, a funny little side note. Um, the police officer, that the one that speaks English, that, that came, who was really nice, um... He, the place is so small that we saw him walking around uh, like the next day or something. So that just kind of gives you an idea of how small the capital really is. And we were like, I wonder if that's our guy. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, the driving is really crazy. So that is difficult. But the good thing, I mean, is you don't really have to drive around the capital, right? It's so small you can walk everywhere. And there are buses and such if you want to get elsewhere. But the driving is rough. And I imagine it's even worse when the weather is bad. Yeah. Okay. Another con that I've got is I I think the the language thing was just a mess. 
That was hard. There yeah. was like just so many languages to operate in, and um, English was, is is not the major one. So then having to like, I don't know, I don't know. It was just weird. Like you would meet somebody, you would you would go to greet them, and it's like, what language do I greet them in? Are they going to be speaking Catalan, Castilian, Spanish, French? Can I say something in English? So all of that kind of linguistic confusion, I think, would be really difficult for a lot of Americans traveling there. Thoughts? Yeah, I kind of just started with English and went with it. Um, but how did that go for It you, wasn't really? great. It wasn't right. great. It depended. Generally, if we were at like a restaurant or something, they would have to call like the one one server who spoke English or, or we better just switched English. To Spanish. Yeah, Spanish. You know, but again, so. with that, you know, my Spanish is. It is a mix of Spanish and Portuguese, I would say. So for, for tourism, for Americans and Brits, I think that that could be difficult. Um, another con from a tourism point of view is getting to Andorra is hard. Like, there's no major airport. So I think the most common way would be to fly into Barcelona. If you're coming from Portugal, you would fly to Barcelona and then uh, head up to Andorra. There are day trips. You can take buses there. So that's nice. But, yeah, it's just it's just very kind of isolated and landlocked yeah that is tough i can see how that would be a con because uh, even josh and i were talking about like would we come back to andorra as we were you know leaving and we like it but it's not super convenient so it would have to just work out with a trip with a car i would think and we you know like we said before in an earlier podcast we don't normally rent cars and drive around um so it might be difficult we would come back but it might be difficult yes Another con that I had, which I'll I'll kind of bounce this over to a pro as well. Oh, that's <laughs> but, nice of you. But a con that I have is that uh, we couldn't use American Express very much, so that was that was tricky. Like with the card situation, yeah. so I was having to use our Wise card a lot. My Millennium card, there's something wrong with it. Like when we started the trip, I don't know if I don't know if there was I don't know because we were traveling. Yeah, they, they didn't blocked. like it. I don't know. Yeah, mine works though. At yeah, Kaylee's works. Mine doesn't, but I'm always the one with like my my wallet on me, whereas Kaylee's is in her purse, which is usually buried in the stroller. <laughs> Underneath the stroller, um, yeah. Family life, kid life, stroller life. So the the positive thing is, is they they are on the euro. That's great. That's easy. Um, instead of having a separate currency, you know, not being technically a part of the EU or whatever, they are, but they're not. I mean, they are because they have the euro, but. There's They've some, got a special agreement, yeah, yeah. A special agreement, um, which that could be Monica. a con. <laughs> that could be a con as well. Is like uh, yeah. you do have to go through border control, kind of. Yes. Um, so traffic, depending on when you do it, you could be sitting at the border for quite a while. Yes. Now, it, a lot of it is just kind of funneling a lot of people into one lane to go slowly, so you don't have to stop and show your documents unless they ask it's like a random check yeah so and that's going into andorra and and out of spain as well so i assume it's probably the same at the french border but you could be subject to have them like pull you over and and they want to take a look at your your car and what pretty much what you bought i think because i think there are restrictions on how much you can buy yeah um but so that would be another con like you know as well as it being really hard to get to then you have to deal with a lot of people trying to get into the border and there's only a couple roads actually because it's so mountainous that there's not as many roads yeah so that would be a con another con is overall it is very very small 
so they don't have a ton of diversity um, and amenities and, and things like international music acts or sports. You know, you don't have FC Porto there or, <laughs> Arsenal. or Arsenal. You know, you, oh, that's you, a con. You, you don't. Oh yeah. Well, hold Oof. on, hold on. You don't have. Yeah, you don't have the ability to, you know, see these these big professional sports. Right? Okay, which segues us into a yeah. massive con, for which us. we thought was crazy. Maybe not for you. Well, guys. anyone who wants to watch sports, yeah, there are no places. Yeah. Well, one There's place. One place. Um, that has <laughs> TVs. Like, well, okay, no, yeah. no, no. Some places have TVs, but they're generally smaller bars. They've got one TV, and like they were showing, they'll show the Spanish league, so they yeah. were showing Real Madrid. Yeah. But like, you yeah. don't have pubs and stuff that have multiple TVs yeah. with options. That was crazy. That really caught me off guard. I mean, I, I wasn't surprised that you would have La Liga on TV, the, the Spanish first division for soccer. I wasn't surprised about that, but I was surprised that there weren't more options to watch other leagues and potentially other sports. Variety, right? The yeah, variety. other sports, yeah. Because it doesn't in, just have to be soccer. Yeah, because in, in most, um, let's say, capital cities you go to, you're going to have like your Irish pub, your your British pub, English pub, whatever you want to call it. You'll have you'll have TVs up. I think we actually talked about this already uh, in in – and one of the other episodes. Previous episode. Yeah, we did. So, yeah. trying to find trying to find a place to watch the match was really difficult. And we found a really good sports bar. The issue is, it's inside of a brand new casino where if you're not 18 or older, you're not allowed to enter. So we couldn't get in with. So, Sia. Kaylee gave me a, a pass and allowed me to to go to the sports bar last night and watch the match. Um, while she stayed back in the hotel with Sia. Thank you very much, Kaylee. You're welcome. Um, but the, the, the casino actually, I think, is for, for those that like to gamble or like to be around that kind of adult entertainment, that's a positive. Uh, it, was, it was a really nice casino. Brand new, uh, wasn't super busy, was nice. Um, so, yeah, I would just say that's a con in the sense that... The casino? The, no, no, like the... The cuisine options are good, but like even when we would stop at a place and we would ask, like, do you know where we could watch like soccer or you know TVs? Like, servers of other bars would like have to think really hard, really hard, like to try to find something, which is kind of weird that you don't have more. It's kind of a missed opportunity. We were saying there could be a few places that could that could um, have have sports going, which yep. would be nice. I mean, we're we are talking about like seriously first world problems. Oh yeah, of course. But we're, we're just, if we're, we're not if we're clowning being real. on like the infrastructure or the streets smelling like no. you do or no, oh, no, no. So I've got another first world problem. I know. I think I know what you're about to say because I do too. Three, two, one. Wi-Fi. Wi yes. Whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was not planned. No, because and the, I think the reason we're both thinking of that is because Josh went to the the sports bar, the casino, to watch the game, <laughs> and I was trying to stream it in in our hotel room. On the computer, and it was just well, okay. Rough. So let, let, let's preface this: the hotel had Wi-Fi issues. Yes, it did. Uh, we're not saying that the Wi-Fi and infrastructure in Andorra is bad. Well, I don't, that's not I don't true. Think it is. But hold on. Yeah, wait, yeah, wait. Okay. So the city boasts that it has free Wi-Fi, like free public Wi-Fi. The problem is, is like there's really nowhere that has strong enough connection for you to connect and walk around with this Wi-Fi. 
The other problem is, is that if you're traveling from, from Portugal, let's say, and you're trying to use your, your Mayo or Vodafone or, or NOS, NOSH, uh, it's not going to work. And if you have, this is even worse, if you, and this is a warning, if you have a package, so you're paying like a, a monthly amount for data and you use it there, you're getting hit with roaming fees. Okay. So for Kaylee and I, we just have a like pay as you go. So all it would do is just wipe out our credit and then we would either have to pay crazy roaming fees or we would um, just not have any available uh, data to use. But it wasn't and, working anyway. I mean, unless and, we turned roaming on, which we weren't going right, to do. We weren't going to. Uh, but those of you that do have like an actual package, switch it to airplane mode, turn off your, your data or roaming because it's, it can be very expensive. We've had some other friends of ours go and kind of make that mistake. But yes, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi is a problem. I think it's a problem in the whole country because think about, okay, every mm. establishment seems to have Wi-Fi though. So yep. you can connect to their Wi-Fi yep. for free if you're I eating did. it. Yeah. If mm. you're eating at their restaurant or yep. whatever that might look like. But a lot of them still had issues. Sometimes we would connect. We'd be in the restaurant. We'd be eating. We'd connect to the Wi-Fi and it wouldn't work. And it's like it was password protected and everything. So it's like, how, how is this not working? So I wonder if it's like an Andorra thing. I don't know. I mean, it, I guess it or could be because it's Or a sheer amount of people it and a lot be, of people it, on it. It could be that. It could be that the it's overloaded, especially because you have a country that has 80K people. You have a city that's like 22,000. And you have, I don't know how many tourists are coming a in bunch. on a bunch. Yeah, it seems like a bunch, It's right? crazy. Speaking of that, though, this is the thing that we have a hard time wrapping our head around, and we're going to try to dig into some data about this, and I don't know if we're, we're going to be able to find the stats that we want. But if the country is 80,000 and that city is 22,000, let's say, how in the world do they have so many residential buildings? Yeah, lots of apartment buildings. It's unreal. And they like, didn't look like they were like... Uh, short-term rentals per se. I mean, you saw when there were hotels and maybe some of them were like Airbnbs or short-term rentals, but it looked like a lot of apartments. It, it really did not make any sense. But it might be just bringing people in for tourism. So maybe they are like apartments investment. for rent. Yeah, investment you know? properties. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Um, Pricing-wise, didn't seem that bad. So I don't know. I mean, that's goes back to your cost of living being a pro. Um, but it's, it was it was no more than like Porto, let's say. Although supply and demand, you'd have to think there's less demand for living in Andorra. But more of a supply because there seemed to be a, a lot. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so those are, I think, the pros and cons. Do you have any other pros or cons you want to share? I don't think so. Not that I can think of. Would you expat that? Would you live in Andorra for, let's say, six months to a couple years? I'm going to say no. I mean, uh, this is one where I could because it is pretty, but I would say, no, I would not expect that because um, it's quite small. It's not super well connected. Um, so maybe you would need a car to get anywhere or you'd have to take a bus to get to the nearest airport, um, which is far away. Um, I'm, I'm not much of a nature person or a skier, so I, I wouldn't need that. I don't know if I would like the winters because it snows so much. I don't want to have to walk in it, drive in it. Um, I mean, I'm fine like taking a vacation and playing in it for a little bit, but um, I 
it, Andorra doesn't fit the kind of the kind of lifestyle that I would like. So I would say no, I would not expect that. You? That is interesting because I think that that lifestyle-wise, Andorra's got it going on. But you don't really do much like outdoorsy stuff either. So no, but I don't think that you. You nec- don't shop I don't, either. I don't think that you necessarily need that. You're right. I don't shop. I like shopping. I, but... I agree with that, but it's got shopping in spades. I think that because the infrastructure is so good and laid out, and I can like wrap my head around it. There's plenty of parks to take Valencia to. Uh, we don't know what it's like during the winter, so that that's that's, scary. that's a little that unknown's a bit scary. Um, this is a hard one for me. This is very, very difficult. I think that I'll have to agree with you and say that uh, I would not expat that in terms of like just choosing to pick up and go. However, if we were offered a job or saw an opportunity to go there for the medium term, six months to a couple years, uh, maybe six months to a year. Yeah, I think I, I could, could, I could, I could do easily do that and I would happily go. Yeah, But I, I would not choose at this moment to go there. I would definitely want to take another trip, especially when it's colder, to figure that out and wrap my head around just how cold, how cold and snowy it it'll be. Yeah, no, I could do a year there, but uh, I want to visit only, again. only if someone, yeah, sent us there for a job or something. I want to visit again. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That's that. We are on the road, not too far out, less than an hour away from Barcelona. Sia has fallen asleep finally. Sia <laughs> has fallen asleep. Thank you all so much for listening. If this is the first episode on this summer Euro slash Spain Andorra road trip series, pop over to episode 29 i believe it is and check out the first episode of the series (laughs) bill bow is the first episode of the series and uh, you can catch up with this road trip we would love to have you along the ride with us and make sure that you're checking out expats everywhere explorers our second channel because some of the places we've been we'll do city guides so you can actually see what we're talking about and thanks to the sponsors of this show and this series for making this happen we appreciate it. Now let's get moving. Bye. Bye. So listener, we know that you are preparing to move to Portugal. We did everything ourselves for the D7 visa. So we have a DIY D7 course. We also have a DIY remote worker course now since they've split those up. And if you're already here, we have a living in Portugal course for you. Now, the difference between the D7 and the D8 or the Digital Nomad Visa course that you could get is if you have active income, you should be getting the Digital Nomad or D8 course. If you have passive income, you should be getting the D7 course. And we have a special promotion for anybody that is a listener of this podcast. If you type in podcast at checkout, you will get $15 off. So these will just guide you through exactly what you need. They stay up to date as things change. And once you purchase it, it's yours for life. So if you're not ready to go now, you can still get it and take a look and you can use it later on. And Kaylee is a mad lady and she is always updating the course so that it doesn't fall out of date. Well, I have to because they're always changing things and so it has to stay up to date. That's facts. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Move to Portugal. 
Contact info for all the services mentioned are in the show notes. If you like the show, please subscribe. If you love the show, please tell a friend, connect with us on our socials, and if you want to help us out, give us a review on your podcast player. Expats Everywhere Presents Let's Move to Portugal is produced by Time or Money Productions. Expats Everywhere researches our guests, and we do our best to provide factual and relevant information at the time of the recording. Despite our best efforts, we can make no guarantees as to the accuracy of what you've heard in this episode. We highly recommend that you do your own research and check your own facts. 